some of the acts from last year's Super Bowl halftime show. Hey, little Eminem, were you up dancing for this one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. It's, one of those. it's, it's, it's it, a listen, whole show. America's unofficial holiday is Super Bowl Sunday. The music, everybody's waiting for Rihanna. By the way, we're playing some Rihanna coming up, hopefully. But yeah. top of the hour, good morning, Georgia. Morning. And a good morning to you folks in Stone Mountain. Oh, man. Hey, see, you didn't expect that one, uh, did you? Stone Mountain. Talk about that. Talk about the, the, the pirates in Stone Mountain last year. Well, it's funny you say the pirates. Yeah, as how about walk, that? As we walk, go ahead, man. Take yeah, it from no, here. No, go ahead. You, you, you setting it up. Our guest, yes, is on the road. Yes, he is going to be playing. Yep. for a team, hopefully very prominently. Yes, name the pirates. Name the pirates. Absolutely. Uh, and we've taken a chance to have an opportunity to talk with some of our uh, area area products taken in the recent baseball draft, and one of them is Trace Gonzalez from Georgia Tech. Um, man. Drafted by the Pirates in the fifth round last year in the spring draft. And as a matter of fact, as we call him now on the waitfor.com hotline, I do believe he is on his way to spring training yeah. in Bradenton. Uh, Trace, good morning. Trace, morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm about it like making Georgia right now and got probably four hours to go. So just racking in the miles and getting down to spring training, so I'm excited. Well, let me speak for my, my, my partner here real quick. Is he's going to have you looking for signs for Bucky's. As you continue heading down the interstate, because that's what he, anybody he knows going down there, you got to stop by Bucky. You know about Bucky's? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm probably like an hour from Bucky's. There you go. All right, there you go. Okay. Get your mouth all ready for some brisket. As <laughs> <laughs> you head on down there, here's what I want to know. Yeah. We have we have spent uh, hours talking to your father um, about tennis. And, and what his affiliation is with the biggest tournament that we have here in town over there at Atlantic Station. And, and Eddie Gonzalez couldn't be prouder of, of his kids, but how did you avoid playing tennis? He didn't avoid it. Well, he didn't avoid it, but he ain't focused on it like he is now. Well, no. He, he make it, it doesn't seem like he's made that his life's goal. No. But talk about it, Trace. Tell us about that. Yeah, so growing up, I was playing tennis and baseball, and um, yeah, it was just I, I started tennis before I started baseball, but um, my first baseball game, I actually played on my uh, sister's baseball team uh, down at NYO, and then uh, everything just uh, clicked. I loved playing it, and then I started playing uh, over at Morgan Falls in Sandy Springs, and I started playing travel ball. But, yeah, tennis, uh, tennis was always a big part of my life. Just playing up until uh, junior year of high school, I ended up winning uh, a goal – I don't know if y'all know the term, but winning a gold ball is winning like a national championship in tennis. So I ended up winning a a gold ball when I was 16 over in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona with my good buddy, uh, Garrett Johns, who's playing tennis at Duke right now. And uh, I ended up deciding junior high school to focus on baseball and uh, committed there uh, soon after to Georgia Tech. And uh, I feel like I made the right decision, but it was just tough too, just because tennis was such a big part of my life. And uh, I formed so many relationships playing the game and traveling to so many great places um 
it just taught me a ton of valuable life lessons that I carried over to baseball as well. You know, this, this is so interesting. Again, Trace Gonzalez uh, joining Sam and Greg here, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929game.com. You're focusing right now on my sport. I played baseball coming up. Played a little tennis too, but not to the level that, that you were at. But here's what I'm curious about as I sit here and listen to you. You made a change from, team, from, from individual sport to team sport. A whole different dynamic as far as how you mentally prepare, knowing that it's just you when you're doing one as opposed to relying on teammates for the other. That transition from one to the other, what was one of the hardest hurdles for you to get you know, really focused on, on, on making sure that baseball was the thing that you were going to make your life's passion? So that was the big reason why I uh, stuck with baseball because um, for tennis, you're just out there by yourself and you make a mistake and you're just talking to yourself in your own head and uh, it's hard to have any like support out there. Yeah, you can look over to the stands and see your mom and dad or your tennis coach or other people, but you can't have your own teammates just like picking you up when you're down in the dugout like you have in uh, baseball. So that's why I always love playing doubles in tennis just because I'd have a teammate and um, – yeah, just being able to uh, bank off him, and whenever uh, I was doing bad, he would pick me up, or if he was doing bad, I would pick him up. So uh, that definitely carried over to baseball, just having able the ability to uh, just pick your teammates when you're down or your teammates pick you up when you're down. So that's why I, I like the team aspect a lot more than just getting out there by yourself for three, four hours on a tennis court, just talking to yourself in your own head. Folks who are spending time on the waitfor.com hotline. He is on his way to spring training with the Pirates. Trace Gonzalez joins us. And you can follow along with this guy. He is social. You can find him on Twitter at TraceGonzalez406, at TraceGonzalez406 on, on Twitter. Talk about this group of draftees off the Georgia Tech baseball team. Trace, there's quite a few of you guys who are getting this opportunity this spring. Uh, talk a little bit about that, about being around a group of guys, and a number of you are getting this opportunity to, to excel to the next level. Yeah, it was awesome. Coach Hall, uh, Coach Burrell, Coach Pinkham, Coach Ramsey. Um, coach Ramsey was the hitting coach, so uh, I probably spent the most time with him. And uh, they all do such a great job over there, over there developing guys into uh, soon-to-be professional baseball players. And uh, I wouldn't trade those three years for anything. I feel, I, uh, feel like I got so much better there. I was just a immature 18-year-old kid coming from uh, a little private school in Janney Springs, and I uh, went over to Georgia Tech and loved every second of it, and especially that last year. Um, we had so many guys get drafted, and we had some great success. Ended up losing to a good Tennessee team in the NCAA tournament, but it happens. You can't win every game. so. Um, but just, yeah, having those guys, you just – they keep on producing so many great players out of Georgia Tech, and it's uh, it's tough to not see this powerhouse. So they're uh, they're going to have a good amount of uh, guys this year too get drafted. So I'm excited to watch them play. They have opening weekend next weekend against uh, Miami of Ohio. So if anybody wants to go down to uh, Mackney's ballpark, uh, go down to Midtown Atlanta, beautiful view, and check out the, uh, the Georgia Tech baseball team. He's a fifth-round pick for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, it is Ch- uh, Trace Gonzalez joining Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Sam, you got to have a certain kind of arrogance when you're coming up like he is. You get to a point where you can confidently stand in front of anybody who will listen to you and tell you, yeah, 
I'm ready to hit major league pitching. When did that happen for you, Trace? It kind of clicked with me uh, probably last year, last summer. So a big uh, – for college baseball, you normally uh, always dream of playing in the Cape Cod League, which is in the summer up in Massachusetts. And um, I had the uh, opportunity to go up there and play for uh, a team called the Wareham Gateman. And it was a great opportunity, but it was just a taste of professional baseball because you're living on your own for the whole summer. You're playing 50, 60 games in the summer. Um, but, yeah, it was. there's so many guys, like Hall of Famers, All-Stars, that have played in Cape Cod. And once I did, I did well up there, and it kind of uh, stuck with me that, hey, I, I guess I'm pretty good at this thing. I guess I'm de- pretty decent at hitting, so... Uh, it stuck with me, and it gave me a really big confidence boost going into last season, and it, I ended up doing well last season as well and uh, carried it over to the draft and ended up uh, being fortunate enough to get drafted by the Pirates. Yeah. Chris, what have you done to get yourself ready for what you're going to face when you get to Bradenton, and, and what are your, 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 your immediate goals, you know, when, when you get down there? Yeah, so uh, I really don't have any uh, – immediate goals right now just because it's my first spring training so I'm kind of just uh hoping to talk to a lot of older guys uh who've been through the process and who've had success so just picking their brains and have the opportunity to uh see how they put in work and uh I know y'all probably know a guy by the name of Andrew McCutcheon so uh he just signed a one-year deal with the Pirates so hopefully I uh, have a few conversations with him about outfield and hitting and picking his brain a little bit and uh, how he had so much success in Pittsburgh and in uh, all the other uh, cities that he played for. I want to ask you if you had the opportunity to talk to parents of kids coming up behind you, and there's been this conversation about having kids focus on one particular sport. You played multiple sports. If you had a chance, I'm sure you could have played, you could have just stayed with tennis and that had been the one. But how do you feel about kids playing multiple sports coming up behind you right now? And would you suggest that to their parents? I couldn't suggest it any more than I am right now. It's just, I think the biggest thing is having kids play multiple sports, have a social life, hang out with your friends, go to the pool in the summer. And yeah, just be a normal kid because it all happens so fast. Like, I blinked, and now I'm 22 years old driving down to spring training, and last thing I know, I was uh, playing recreational baseball when I was nine years old. So play as many sports as you can. I played tennis, baseball, basketball, soccer. Never played football. My mom didn't let me play football. Um, was uh, maybe a good thing. Could have avoided some injuries. Uh, and But, yeah, just play as many sports as you can. It can only help you with uh, your endurance and your – just strength and everything and tennis gave me some so many different lessons with hand-eye coordination and being able to hit the ball and baseball and uh it gave me yeah so many different uh opportunities for different sports just playing multiple sports as well so i can't i can't uh suggest it anymore uh, you know trace last night i saw your dad last night we at the uh, usta georgia awards and the young man who won the junior player Chase Fralick um, is a tennis player, right? And he's he's a top tennis junior tennis player in the state. He's going to Auburn to play baseball, you know, as a as a baseball player. And he walked up, I said, this dude's put together, man. Uh he's a, just the, the athleticism. 
but also he's going to have some of the same thing that you said, um, the mentality and things that you learned from that sport he's going to bring to another uh, that, down at Auburn. I don't know if Georgia Tech's going to play Auburn in time baseball, but, 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 uh, but it was cool meeting him last night. Yeah, my uh, my dad was saying uh, how uh, he won it like two years in a row or something, or won it twice, and he was definitely a better tennis player than I was. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was great to see that he's playing multiple sports and had success in both sports. And I wish him nothing but the best at Auburn. Great baseball program over there. They made it to Omaha last year. Um, so uh, yeah, I wish him nothing but the best, and congrats on that award as well. All right, so here's the deal: we're going to keep our fingers crossed that you make the roster. All right, so you're going to land there for opening day. You guys at some point are going to come play. The, you guys at some point going to come play the Braves. Oh, you, what's that going to be no, like? No, well, here's the thing. you yeah. got to figure out who he's going to negotiate with on the team to get their tickets because he's going to be passing out a bunch <laughs> of tickets when he comes here. Even if he's not playing, yeah. he's in that uniform, and that would be enough for me. So you got to figure out who you're going to get them tickets to, but it, that's got to be something special you're looking forward to. You, that's got to be a part of your dreams right now. Oh, yes, it's – yeah, that's my biggest dream, just to be able to be on a uh, MLB roster, top success in the MLB. And um, but right now, I'm just kind of focused on uh, developing myself as the best player I can possibly be. And um, my first spring training, I'm not really having any expectations going into it. Just having, uh, yeah, open ears and uh, watching everybody else who's been through it, um, how they go about their business and learning from all the older guys as well. So uh, hopefully one day I'll be on an opening day roster, but right now I'm just focused on uh, development and getting better. We're going to be keeping an eye on that. And you headed somewhere. First of all, it's going to be nice and warm where you're going. It's rainy and cold <laughs> yes, <sir>. here, man. <laughs> Get ready to go for some really nice weather down in Florida. Uh, and thanks. get some brisket. Yeah, absolutely. Get the brisket at Bucky's on the way down, too. Uh, Trace Gonzalez, thanks so much for spending some time with us on your way down. Man, good luck to good you. Good luck to you, Chase. All right. Thank you. I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. Don't be a stranger when we want to connect you when you become a big leaguer. Yeah, really. We want to be able to talk to you. Again, you know, right? don't, don't, don't go big time on us. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to switch. You guys, we're going to switch gears and talk NBA from the Washington Post. Michael Lee will be joining us. Sam and Greg on the Super Bowl Sunday Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com, and take us with you on the Odyssey app. Yeah. Nice. Poker face? Mm-hmm. You need one of them. Yeah. I need a better one, too. Yeah, really. We, really, bought, we really all need that. that. Sam and Greg Sports Radio. We all can't beat Tim Duncan. 92.9thegame.com. You're absolutely right. On this um, Super Bowl Sunday, America's only unofficial holiday, playing music, Lady Gaga, from uh, all the halftime, well, not all of them, but most but some of the of halftime performers. Mm-hmm. Can you remember who, and I don't have anything in front of me, I'm just trying to remember what, what the act was for the first Super Bowl. Grambling Band. You said that without hesitation. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was 
Grambling band. I was. I they, they, it was they, UCLA they, they, or they, USC. They, they, had, they had marching bands. That's back what I'm then. saying. Yeah, because I thought you know, they had. Was it Green Bay? Uh, one, one, one Super Green Bowl. Green Bay KC, right? One Super, yeah, First yeah one? Green Bay yeah. KC, L.A. Coliseum. Right. Without, That's what I thought it was without, an without, LA team. Without the racetrack. Um, <laughs> yes. But uh, no, it, it wasn't. I, I believe it was the Grambling Band. And um, okay, there was one Super Bowl that they had up with people. I do. Uh, yeah. Can you yeah. imagine up with people no. doing a doing a halftime show for the Super Bowl? Oh my goodness. No, I can't. I can't. I can't, do, I can't picture that. But uh, let me ask you this: Yeah, can you picture a marching band doing it now? Yeah, but it would be a short show. I mean, I, you rarely see marching bands at NFL today because the halftime is so short. You got there and play one ball, and then the punters out there, you're getting pelted. You know, the band's getting the sousaphone's going to have a football stuck in it because uh, you got there. Man, they no, no, the I'm talking. About, yes, 13 minutes. How many songs can they do in Man, 13 minutes? The kickers minutes? come out way before everybody else. Dude was watching the thing last year. Hit kicker from the from the from the. Uh, I'm not talking about your average NFL. Your average. This NFL ain't your average team. game, though. Well, I realize they that, but 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 because that time bands have been almost been done away with. That's with, what I'm with, saying. With, with the you NFL. can't imagine them coming out and do it. Oh, yeah, we got to do this, man. Michael's sitting there listening to us going, why they call me up and they going to sit there and argue about stuff? Argue, Michael, argue, we apologize. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Especially when you all are arguing about bands performing the halftime show <laughs> and you forget that the greatest halftime performance of all time Marvin was Gay. Prince performed Purple Rain oh. in, no, Prince performed Purple Rain in the rain. The Florida A&M marching band was right there with him. That's Greg's favorite show. That's yeah, Greg's favorite and I thought you were going to bring up a basketball one because this is a basketball person. And most of the, like our other basketball, people that we know that love basketball can't stand this time of year. Yeah. Because no. their sport is being morphed. No, but we right? also, because you had Prince and you had an HBCU band. That's Th- why this that was That on. was absolutely the one. And the Prince famous words where the producers came out to Prince and they said, are you going to be able to perform in whatever high heels he had on because it's raining out there? And Prince's response was, can you make it rain harder? <laughs> That was that was a beautiful time, Michael. And and and, and, I'm, and I'm a rattler, so you know I gotta show love for my school. See that? There see you that. go. We apologize, but we're just see, gonna get you back see, more often see, to, uh, see. again before this. Because they will strike and with. strike and strike again. I think that's what they yeah, say. Yeah, Absolutely. How have you been, <laughs> Mister Lee? We haven't How talked to you in a while. Yeah, really. And last time you were working for you somebody did. else. Now you're with the Washington Post. Congratulations. And and how's how's life yeah. been for you? Uh, been going well, been going good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, having, having a good start to 2023. We have to ask him and very simply, what was last week like for him? Yeah. Well, in NBA. with all the news that happened. Oh, well, just to, as a fan of, of it, either, um, either one <laughs> or working it. Uh, there, there, I mean, it, I mean, I guess if, if you like, you know, all the player movement and everything, it's just an exciting time, but as a fan of basketball and sort of what's happened over the last couple of years, I'm sort of becoming numb to all this player movement, especially when it's from superstars. You know, I, I think that we've been accustomed to in previous generations that the superstar stays with his team, you know, goes through hard times, adversity, you know, and then goes out and wins. But now it just seems like everybody's quitting on everybody and then bailing. And then it makes it harder as a fan because you invest like half your year or whatever into somebody and then they bail and demand a trade right at this time. I don't know. I, 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 it's exciting. I mean, cause it's all, everybody's changing and doing something new and you get to talk about these new teams and new form, formation of teams. But it is, it, I think in terms of just the quality of the product, I think you're diminishing it when you're, when your stars, your, your best players are constantly moving. 
Yeah, yeah, but spending time on the waitforit.com hotline with Michael Lee talking NBA. Uh, and you can find him on, on, on Twitter. He is social at Mr. Michael Lee, at Mr. Michael Lee. I was going to say that, though. And oh, and also LeBron passing uh, Kareem for right, the all-time record. Yeah, that was great. great that's what I was going to say. With this being Super Bowl week, the NBA kind of backed into a way to get their share of the front page, if not bump the NFL from the front page for a couple of days during Super Bowl week. And to me, that's pretty big. It is huge. And um, and I, I think the one thing that the uh, NBA can sell drama better than anybody else, I mean, even at a moment like, say, Kareem, you know, LeBron or Kareem passing the baton to LeBron, there was tension between those two that may add yeah. it to the whole drama element of like, <laughs> is Kareem going to show up? Is Kareem mad that he's passing for the record? How's Kareem feel? And there's all these things that go into that that just sort of make the NBA the biggest, the best soap opera in all professional sports. Um, but I think that the game itself is, it can be good if they try to sell that too. But in terms of drama and, and suspense, uh, the NBA definitely delivered last week. You know what was funniest about about what happened last weekend to me? And we give you your thoughts on it. People that know basketball know this to be maybe not 100% true, but they wouldn't be surprised if it really happened. And that was once LeBron passed Kareem, it got people in your business, Michael, uh, to, to start the comparisons again. But the good news about that yeah. was it got us a chance to revisit some of the careers of people who've left this game. People got to be reintroduced to Kareem in a way. People got to reintroduce themselves to Michael even because it was that competition. But now once this, this conversation started, who's the real goat? Somebody apparently was going to put this in front of Jordan. And the comments that came back across the board were all this. If Michael had a chance, he'd say, Get me a pair of shoes. We're going to go out to the court right now and play. Okay. And LeBron is still playing. Today, today at 60, yeah, he, he'd want to do it now. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. What does that say about the competitive nature of that uh, of, of Michael versus what we are seeing and what we have seen from LeBron? And is that the thing that separates those two? There's a lot that separates them. And I don't think that a lot of the kids in this generation – who just maybe started watching or were born after Jordan was at his peak, truly understand. Um, there really isn't a comparison, and I don't like it because I don't think it's fair to LeBron either because I think it's unfair to constantly bring up Jordan. Absolutely. But it also says a lot that, that you – it also says a lot that you constantly bring up Jordan. Like, if he's still the guy that you consider, um, you know, 30 or 20 or however many years later, then um, then I tell you what, what kind of standard he set. But this is, this is the thing that separates them, and I'll, I'll say this all the time. Jordan essentially only played 11 seasons in Chicago. We're not even going to count the Wizards years. But he essentially played 11 seasons in Chicago because he missed one with a broken foot, most, most of one with a broken foot, and he came back from baseball on the other one. So he really only played 11 full seasons in, with Chicago. Think about that. So he won 10 scoring titles in that time. Yep. He made all defense nine times. He won six championships and six finals MVPs. He won five MVPs. He led the league in steals three times, and he was a defensive player of the year. So think about what he accomplished in 11 full seasons in Chicago. So if you can do that much in that amount of time, you are dominating your era, especially when you consider he was a guard. This is not somebody who's 6'10 or 6'9. This is somebody who was 6'6 who completely shut down a league and kept numerous Hall of Famers from winning championships. There's a, there's, you can go down the laundry list of Hall of Famers from his era who did not win a ring because Michael Jordan was there. Yep. You can't say that about LeBron. And so when you think about just what separates them, think about this. He has nine more scoring titles, two more finals MVPs, um, two more championships, and 
an MVP. So if you just take those things, nine scoring titles, two two finals MVPs, two two championships, uh, uh, and a defensive player of the year, that that separation right there is a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. yeah. Just that separation between those two is one Hall of Fame basketball player. So the separation between them is an actual Hall of Fame basketball player. So I don't really want to hear the debate, but <laughs> wow. I do. But I don't. But I. But I also don't want to diminish LeBron because right. LeBron is in his own lane. LeBron is one of one, and we have to appreciate what LeBron is doing and what he's done on the terms of just LeBron. Because what LeBron is doing is something we'll never see again. We'll never see anybody be this consistent and sustain this level of excellence for this long. We won't do it. And the fact that you look at all the most points scored at this age. Most points, you know, uh, scored by someone this old. He owns all of those records. He's been an amazing ambassador for the game. He is a phenomenal talent. One that, like I said, we won't ever see anybody like that. His re- his scoring record, whatever he winds up doing with it, will never be touched for a lot of reasons. Many from his longevity and his greatness. There'll also be other factors that come into play. Like I think eventually the league will probably shorten the number of games. There'll be a lot of things that go on to make it sort of wacky that no one else will ever be able to touch him. But for anybody to do what he's done for 20 years and to still be having 40 hot, you know, 30 games at age 38 is phenomenal. And we should admire and appreciate him on that. He has found his own lane when it comes to longevity, consistency and in numbers. Nobody comes close to him in that regard. But if we're talking about the greatest, you got to say, what is, what is greatness to you? Is greatness the accumulation of stats over a long period of time or is greatness dominance? over that, that uh, over however long. And I look at dominance, and I don't think there's anybody that comes close in terms of competitiveness, fight, and just pure will than Michael. And I know a lot of people say, oh, this, you, you talk about all this stuff, and da, 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 it's, it's all just whatever you <laughs> – yeah. if you saw them play, there's no comparison. If you watch them play, like watch them their whole careers. And I, I say this is somebody who did not root for Jordan. I rooted against the Bulls their first uh, four championship runs. I didn't. I couldn't. I could not bring myself to root for the for the uh, Jazz ever. Carmelo, no. I want him to lose all the time. But, <laughs> but I, 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 I have to stop you, Michael, because you you have just you have just ventured into uncharted territory. And by the way, that was a class that you just gave. Thank you for that, Michael Did, Lee from the Washington Post. But Sam, I believe that is the first guest that we've had on this show in all the years we've been doing it. Yeah. That by what he was saying. Started a fight in the producer's room. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> yeah, start, man. You're not seeing fight. these guys on the other side oh, of the glass, man. Oh, baby, you started got, a beef where they were yelling. Guys. We had to shut them up, and we're in here a glass top room <laughs> with headphones on. We can hear them what, going what at a, it. What is there to fight? I, I, I say the facts. Because one one is a little bit older than the other one. We got a 25 year old in there, and we got one who isn't. We'll just put it at that. And but, I'm sure everybody. Well, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. If you watch them play. Like and I'm old enough to say I, I watch Jordan and I watch LeBron. I cover LeBron closely as an NBA writer, and it's not close. And I, and I also look at it like this. And uh, and again, it's, I hate I hate the comparison because again, I, I don't want to diminish what LeBron is doing and what he's done. Because again, he's his, he's his own special place. He's his own special um, distinction, and he's 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 an incredible, phenomenal player. But again, it just has it comes down to what your definition of greatness. If your definition of greatness is you know. Um, somebody who no, I don't want to go there. Yeah, right, <laughs> I don't want right, to. I don't want right, to diminish right, LeBron. Right, right. I, I just say this. I, I just. I just say this. Michael is to me the best that I've ever seen, and yeah. it's, it's not even about numbers. It's not about rings. 
and, and, uh, and I, I said this the other day to somebody who asked me like who what, what, who's the best and I was like well think about it like this when Michael uh, went for his third his first three peat ninety three he hadn't even won the series yet at that time he was in his ninth season and everyone was like is he the greatest we've ever seen when Michael retired after that and they put his statue up in Chicago they said he's the greatest we've ever seen that was after three rings so it's not that people think oh you you're trying to make it a ring debate it's not about rings. Yeah. It never was about rings. It never was about titles. And people who try to think that it's just about, well, you say Le- uh, that Jordan's the best because he got six and Jordan, I mean, uh, LeBron only has four. No, I'm saying Jordan's the best because Jordan's the best. Like, like, and that discussion was had when he was 29 years old. It wasn't had, you yeah. know, when he was 40. Yeah. You know, it was, it was pretty much locked up, you know, after, and, I mean, and I say this too, Larry Bird <laughs> was, Larry Bird, Larry Bird won three straight, Larry Bird won three straight MVPs from 1984 to 1986. They swept the Bulls, but Jordan has 63 in the game. Larry Bird is a three-time MVP, about to win his uh, third championship that year. He saw Jordan play and called him God in sneakers. Yep. Yep. We remember that. This is Larry Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Larry, he was the three... He won three straight MVPs. At the time, he was the best player in basketball. See, Mike, and he's be, calling this guy. You're right. No, he's you're calling you're, this guy just play them God. You're absolutely right. But the problem is when you're arguing with people about that particular you yeah, know, argument, you they ain't see Larry Bird, and it's, it's, it's kind of a moot thing. Listen, we, we're we not got, done We got to let you go. We got to let you go, let man. You go. Who, who, who you got in the game today? Quickly, who, who you got in the game today? Uh, I'm born and raised in Kansas City, so I think oh, you know. There you go. Okay, well, there we go. Mike we Lee, we're going to get you back. We apologize for talking Thanks, Super Mike. Bowl music in the beginning, but uh, you made up for it. That was a great sort of little education. Yeah, we took us a class. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game today. Yeah, I hope, I hope, hope people learn something today. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Uh, all right. Again, care. from the Washington Thanks, Post, that is Michael Lee. Got a casting call coming up next and some other stuff. Michael said that actually got us thinking about some things. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And we got to find out what that fight was about. <laughs> Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. Game.com coming to town with Luda at some point. Now, we got a lot of things to cover right now during this segment. We got a lot of things. Sam. A lot. There's some things left Whole over lot. from Michael. There's some yeah. things that happened during that last segment we have to address. Oh, dear. And I got the casting call here. Oh, my. So let me get the casting call out of the way. Okay. Go and ahead. it's not, it, and I say that because it's easy. I put this stuff up for you folks. I've been doing it for 12 years. Um, letting you know where you can find these job opportunities. And this is in front of the camera. You could just, just be a pedestrian. This is a great country, Sam. Yeah. Somebody's going to tell you, put your comfortable shoes on, come, yeah. to, come to set, uh-huh. walk across the street back and forth. We're going to feed you, by the way. How about so that? So you can do that for a while. Yep. Then go back out in the street and cross it, and we're going to write you a check. This is a beautiful place. It gets no better than that. So wedding guests, pedestrians, wedding party, they need a pizza delivery dude. For Destination Casting, she's doing a uh, a new TV movie. Rose Locke is doing um in CL Casting. They're doing the Francis Ford Coppola movie where they have they're gonna need for a DJ there, Sam. Oh, ah, spin a little hot stacks of wax all night long, taking a stroll down memory lane, watch your step. Um, 
A guy actually talked like that at the place. There was there was a club. Really? There was a club. I, that's the go-to DJ voice. There used to be a club when I was carrying equipment. They paying for that? No, this was a, this was a club. Okay. And there was a roadie. As when I was a roadie, we went there, and it was at a club on Orange Blossom Trail in mm. Orlando, Florida. Okay. And we had come from Chicago. I ain't been south. And I was like my first time to Florida, and the club was half oldies club and half shoe modeling establishment. Oh. Yeah, all right. Okay. All right. And the DJ they had at this place talked like that, and they had a drink they called the 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 oh, what was it blue something. Anyway, he had this whole riff he did like the old time DJs. But there is a need for DJs with their own equipment. Rose Lock for Mega They also need folks who want, who got that you know disco look about bell bottoms and platforms, all of that. Got the hair made a certain way. They are looking for you. They are also looking for those of you, or if you know somebody who actually poses for art classes, who's got an athletic build. Basically, they're looking for a living statue. Those people out there working out in the streets, just like a street performer, but they are a living statue. So you got those there. They have a need for detectives. They have a need for a hand model this week, a hand model. And here's the deal with this. this they need a woman, Caucasian woman, okay, who can deal cards. Ah, can shuffle and deal cards. And if you can do some flourishes and other card tricks, they want you. So you're going to see this up. Rose Lock Casting, the first one, the Francis Ford Copeland movie, looking for hand models. Caucasian female who can shuffle, deal cards, 18 years and over. So those jobs in front of the camera, go down the list. You'll see how I walk you through finding jobs behind the camera. Uh, I will be on with Canon tomorrow talking about this on, on Star 94, V103 during middays. It'll be there. So this list is up, running, current, ready for you to uh, just jump in and be a part of this industry this year. Billions and billions of dollars flying through the air. And on this, uh, what is this, 12th day, Lincoln's birthday. Okay. There's some other folks celebrating birthdays on this day, but from the world of show business, uh, well, kind of, but not really. This would have been not only Joe Garagiola's, but Charles Van Doren's birthday. You know who really? Charles Van Doren is? Why that name were it not Charles, Were it not for Charles Van Doren, the argument continues across the street over here. We can still hear him. By the way, yes, we can still hear you guys. Um, <laughs> oh, even through uh, the glass. I mean, really. Um, Charles Van Doren was the guy who straightened out the game shows, and they made a movie about him, um, Quiz Show. Okay. With uh, Ralph Fiennes or whatever, and, and – and, uh, it was about – I remember that. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. okay, okay. Um, but Charles Van Dorn was the contestant on the game show 21, and they found out it was fixed. And then he had to go in front of Congress and all this sort of stuff, and that was the fallout. Bill Russell. Yeah. We celebrated a birthday Good today, man. Day. Yeah. Arsenio Hall, 67 years old. The guy who walks these halls, Ed Lover. <laughs> He's 60 today. <laughs> Josh Brolin. You know him from American Gangster being right. a bad cop. Where was the first place you saw Josh Brolin? Josh, Josh Brolin. Anybody? Anybody? Goonies. Yo, man. He was in Goonies, believe it or not. Uh, Christina Ricci, Gucci Mane, and Juan Carlos Ferreira, who I know you know who that is. Oh, yeah. All oh, born yeah. on the same day today, 43 years old. Okay. And we were talking with Adam Alexander earlier, Brad Kozlowski, celebrating a birthday today. All right, so we are talking to Michael Lee earlier from the Washington Post. We talked to him when we want to know uh, anything he is covering or his thoughts on basketball. He's a national voice. We know we have Terrell and Deshaun on taking care of stuff locally. But Michael went on here, and he went down a deep rabbit hole in his thoughts on Michael versus LeBron, and it got a conversation. I'm sure there were people out there, you know, at the radio going, preach, because they're on the Michael side. They're on his side. Then there are those who like 
one of our other producers, Garrett Chapman, who has told me repeatedly, when anybody comes to him with that argument and they pick the Michael side, he tunes them out because he feels like they're not paying attention to what LeBron has done over the period of time he's been playing. And everybody's got their reasons for a lot of it is social media. Think if Jordan had played during that's the social media what I was, age. That's that was the extra gravy on my LeBron argument Very that much. I'm saying that separates him from Michael. He would have been able to navigate through it, but I'm saying LeBron finds himself in the unique position that Derek Jeter found himself in. How does somebody become the biggest athlete in New York for all those years? And not getting any kind of trouble. Yeah. You know what I mean? How do you do that? Well, Derek, we watched it happen. We watched Derek Jeter do it. Whatever that blueprint is, he handed it over to LeBron. Because the only thing, what's the worst thing we can say about LeBron as far as a PR nightmare? And that was that decision. That's it. That was about it. That's it. Yep. You know? And so I give him credit for that, how he dodged that. Now, he wasn't in New York like Derek, but there was like him and Tiger and I don't know any other athletes that had a spotlight on them brighter. So for him to not have that as an issue. So anyway, this is what's going on last segment. Yeah, it was. Pop the microphones of you two back there, Ali and Frazier in the other room. Yeah, how about these two guys? And our two producers. We don't have one. We got two producers. We're like, a, we're like an afternoon show here. How about this? Show. How about this? We, we, we. And want to welcome Max. And, of course, you all know Eric Slaughter. Michael is talking telling our audience about his thoughts on LeBron versus Michael, and then you two get into it. What happened? You want to take the floor first? Or? Yeah, well, young Mr. Max over here is totally Team LeBron. No, no, I, I'll let you go. I'll let you and go, okay. but Max, I'll make the case you have to talk after. into okay. the microphone because you're going all over the place. I'll make the case Thank after. You. I'll let him have the floor because right, right. it's going to require some time. Right. Well, no, it's, he's totally Team LeBron. What, and was, he it, is well, completely what was it that Michael just... said that started this? Because you got animated. Okay, what really started it when he said there's really because I could finish his sentences for him. Finish that. Go ahead, Eric. (laughs) Well, when our guest was on and he was singing uh, Michael's praises, and when he said that the the eleven years and you don't count the Wizards, oh, that set him off. (laughs) When he's talking, oh, you don't count the Wizards days. He's like, why would you not count the Wizards days? And then he's really, really on this part of the fact that Michael. His first six years, he struggled to get through the Pistons and the Celtics. Oh, but LeBron was in the finals by his third year. Who cares? Yeah. LeBron didn't have to, to go through half. JJ Burrell? Half. Okay, go ahead. The, the, the gauntlet that Michael went through, and we all know it. Yeah. So that's what got you worked up, Eric. That's what got you worked up. That's that what, is what, yeah, that's oh, part yeah, so of what got me worked what up. I'm saying. All right, so he says that Max, our 25-year-old producer, whose birthday, by the way, was February 3rd, we found out today. Thank okay. you. Thank so you. happy birthday. What is it with you and Garrett and the people of of your age group? And I don't want to. I'm not casting aspersions on you because I don't have a lock in on this either. I really don't. I'm, but I'm interested in hearing all sides. But it seems like, you know, younger folks are, are all LeBron. They don't want to hear about Michael. Okay, so for one, I've gotten this debate with Brandon Haywood, Chris Broussard, Rob, every person I've gotten this debate with. And it's not that I won't hear the other side. It's the fact that other people won't make it a conversation or it's not even a debate. If you want to say Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time, I'm not sitting here like, how could you believe that? I completely respect and understand that. But for you to say it's not a debate, it's not a conversation, it's not even close, to me, I think that's naive. And for you to say... Oh, it's kind of hypocritical. Like, I just find it very hypocritical because you're saying we're the young generation, so we're not. We're just immediately think Le- LeBron. But that's what the older generation is doing with Jordan. 
And I feel like if you were to take two guys, and I won't even get into all the details, but if you took two guys, we didn't know who they were, didn't know their accomplishments, and you put them in a gym, and you're like, wait a second, this guy is three inches taller, he's 60 pounds heavier, he could play every position, he's a better passer, and he could do more with less. You would pick him over Jordan in a pickup game. Because one, he's easier to play with, and two, you know he could do more with less. And that's not even a debate because Jordan never won a playoff series without Scottie Pippen. But for some reason, when we talk about this debate, 6-0 in the finals. Well, let's not count the Wizards. Or we're not going to count before. He never beat Larry Bird in the Celtics. He never beat them. And when he played Magic Johnson, Magic wasn't in his prime. So all I'm saying is it's a conversation. That's all. Okay. And, and, and if the conversation – all right. Well, anyway, so, But that's what you guys were arguing about. Yeah, yeah, because I, okay. I could finish the, his sentences. I'm like, oh, it's a Hall, of, a Hall of Fame difference. I'm like, how do you not play start or count the Wizards? Like, oh, we're not going to count that. We count what's going on with LeBron in year 20 right now. We hold him under a microscope, and he's been under a microscope well, since middle school. He's on the team that he won a championship with. This is not, this is not something that is easily yeah. just sort of glossed over because it is Michael Jordan coming back, and everybody on the planet knew that he didn't get the basketball fix out of him. So he just took whatever team w- – was willing or whatever owner was going to let him come in and do what he wanted to do. And that well, was what the, it, 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 with the Wizards, owner. nobody was paying attention. Yeah, and, and the only way too. it got people to pay attention was to put the uniform back on. So that, that's, that's what happened with, with that's with the why Wizards. to what Eric was saying to you, you know, we really, you know, you don't count the Wizards. Now, if it were some team that he was possibly going to take to that next level, like LeBron did, he, he was the piece, him and Bosch, uh, you know, D Wade was already there and took Miami to a place they hadn't been to. The other thing, LeBron ain't going to play on a team without a chance for that. And Jordan did. That, he knew he had no chance they, of winning the and championship. And that's, 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 again, I'm just, I'm, you want a conversation? And once again, that's, that's, that's Michael Lee say. talking about today's player. Right. And I don't want to say their egos are a little fragile, their things are a little tough, they can't hang. I mean, you, yeah, you, want, yeah. you want to go there? We can go there this morning. Because, because that's basically what, 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 what Michael Lee was, 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 was talking about. You know, we saw what just happened this week. Well, I ain't going to win here. I'm out. And that's kind of the ilk of this. And once again, when it comes down to LeBron and y'all listening, give me a call if you want to, the death nail to the slam dunk competition in the All-Star game. Yeah, you've been saying that for a while. Death nail to the slam dunk competition. My, Guys don't want to participate. Why? Because LeBron never did. My, 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 my. <laughs> I got in the barbershop, my argument, not my argument, but the argument there is, forget Michael, can they have, a, can they have an easy argument saying that he's better than Kareem? Well we, well, we have to practice his shot. We don't want to do that. That's a whole yeah. different. That's a whole different episode of Oprah. Yeah, thanks. kids, well, kids, like kids, kids don't want to do because <laughs> they got to practice it. We got to stay up to practice to practice that. Anyway, it's been an interesting morning what? on the Super Bowl Sunday, and I, I got to stay up to practice for letting us be a part of it again. Greg, My mom's waiting outside. Greg If you got any questions about casting call, I will help you out. There's a list of, uh, I mean, a link to. Uh, Georgia Department of Labor, if you got to get the certificate for minors, all of that's there. Coming up as we get into the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to talk some NFL with Miles Garrett from Fox 5, and who knows what next? Who's going to be fighting about what? you got to tune in. It's Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app.